Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we bring in a new guest to sign a one-day contract. And without Nikki on the show, Josh is trying to do the intro from memory and cannot do it. But that is exactly what's going to happen on One Day Contract. With no Nikki Wolf on the show, the whole show falls apart. That's what's happening. Welcome to One Day Contract. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, and I am ecstatic, ecstatic to be your host today. Nikki is uh, out this week as I was last week. She's in the same mystery location that I was in, and uh, directly across from me via Zoom, joining me as always, columnist contributor for the Riot Report, proud to announce has received three first place votes for most improved podcaster in 2019. Colin Hoggard is here. Colin, welcome. Hello, Josh. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to living one day of my life without those people that have those annoying red hats on. I, of course, am referring to Cardinals fans. Sadly, it seems like I just am going to have to keep dealing with them. Other than that, having a pretty good day. All right. All right. I like that joke. Got that joke in there right off the bat. Ready that was for, for it. Zach. I know Zach doesn't listen too far into the <laughs> other podcast here on the Roaring Riot Network. So yeah, you got to get the jokes in quick. It's like when, uh, when I want to say something to my beautiful wife, Renee, I need to say it before the theme song ends or else she just stops listening. She's not listening. Although she may be listening with this week's guest, who's uh, one of our good friends. Uh, you may, may know him uh, not by his given name, you may know him as the Panthers stat guy. You may know him as co-host of the Happy Half Hour. You may know him as King of the Panthers app. And I personally know him as someone that is super stoked that gyms are open again so he does not have to do Zoom workouts anymore. Will Bryan is on the show. Will, welcome. I don't know. Clapping? I don't know. I'm clapping. <laughs> hey! This is, yeah. this is why Nikki does the introductions. Exactly. Oh <laughs> really got out. fantastic, Josh. It went poorly right off the bat. Will, welcome. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for uh, having me on here. I feel like I've been like hitting Josh up for like two years to do this. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I get to do the, the 53 man roster one. This will be fun. Absolutely. Spoilers. Uh, we're going to be going through and creating a 50 since the Panthers are going and doing a 53 man roster uh, by this Saturday, by tomorrow. They're probably going to start today. Um, it's the magic of podcasting. We're actually recording this on Thursday. But today, when you're listening, they're going to be doing some cuts probably, and uh, we are going to be going through and making a 53-man roster of our own. But before we get to that, um, I would like to ask you guys Josh's super important question, which is, if you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, band, singer, singer-songwriter. You know, I'm not going to stick, I'm not going to be like a stickler if you say Tom Petty, you can't listen to the Heartbreakers or anything. Who would it be? Colin, you're up first. I feel like you've got an answer right off the bat. I mean, just instantly, Corey Hart just jumped right to mind. I know that's probably a little bit old for you guys, but it just, it just, boy in the box, I don't know, maybe it's just 2020. I just, that's, that's the way I felt. So you would just listen to Boy in the Box, that song over and over again? That's well, your... the, the, the album... Yeah, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm more of a Corey Hart deep Kiev comrade and all that, you know, whatever it is. All Obviously. I, honestly, I'm literally Googling Corey Hart as we speak. <laughs> oh, sunglasses is night. So you can, so you can. I get it. 
What's uh, what's another? I, it says never I'm very surrender. hip. I'm I'm very hip. Go? Right. How does never surrender go? Oh yeah, you're not you're not catching me that easily. I didn't. Come on. I didn't wake Just up early. Give us a give us a couple. You weren't bored <laughs> yesterday. No. But you also weren't bored wearing your sunglasses at night. Will, who yeah. do you got for uh for for one one artist for the rest of your life? Well, wait a minute. Before we move on, I want to respond to this one. Is is this in <laughs> reference to Matt Rule wearing his sunglasses at night and, and everyone wanting to know what is going on with Matt Rule wearing sunglasses at night? Matt's made some interesting fashion decisions as a coach. I mean, is was it a parking attendant smock that he rocked at Baylor? Like, was he was he doling out quarters? What you know, I'm not sure what was going on. Then he made a really big deal about how he wasn't bringing the smock right. to Carolina, which mm-hmm. I never really understood. Like, if you have a signature look, lean into that signature look. Like, that could have been your thing. And then, like, it would have been like smock city, and like it would have been awesome. But no, he'll just uh, he'll just wear sunglasses on the sideline, I guess. I, I mean, I, I do feel kind of bad for him because it's like nobody really knew, like really, really knew. And then today he's like, or I guess yesterday, uh, you know, he was talking about like this cornea thing that he's got. He's got like some eye bruise, which I just can't imagine how much that's got to hurt. Like your your eye just hurting from sunlight all the time. And then everyone just making fun of you for looking ridiculous. Well, luckily they took him off the Zoom calls because those first couple where he was like, oh, like, yeah. like yeah. answering, like, it looked like he was hat, like on the stand of like, <laughs> like where they're like, well, sir, where were you on the night of the of the murder? And he's like, uh, I don't, I think Troy <laughs> so is doing <laughs> really good. And, uh, and it's like, oh, no, like, yo, boy, you are, well, yeah. Joe Person deposition you're referring to? <laughs> Graham Gano hey, looks great. Uh, He's very healthy. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Matt Rule, you know, hey, coach, can you uh, – I, I didn't get that. One more time, please. <laughs> Sorry. This is Joe. That's pretty good, Joe. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Hey, Matt. I think well, you know, got to start. <laughs> The other thing about the other thing about sunglasses, though, is that is that the working against him is George Seifert. Like just from a historical standpoint, Seifert loved the sunglasses. He wore them indoors, I believe, at the RCA Dome against the Rams. Corey Hartzell. Yeah, so I think that's working against rule. I think people in the back of their minds maybe remember remember the uh, the Seifert, and it's like we're never going to run the ball. We're just going to pass. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 going to set record for passing and win like three games. Yeah, I mean, that would be fun. I, sports are supposed to be fun, but you're also not supposed to go one in fifteen. Um, Will, who do you got? I know, we, I know, you really deflected back on that sunglasses question, but I, I do want to know. I, I did, I did. So I'm going to assume, Josh, that if I have to listen to this for the rest of my life, I'm also in the same back porch as you, as you listen to Dave Matthews for the rest of your life. Yeah. So and you know, it includes since- Dave Matthews and friends, Dave Matthews solo, Dave and Tim. And the Dave Matthews band because I make the rules, and I wake up in the morning, bite to eat, and I'm rolling. So catalog right. is really what this is about. This is this is yeah. about dur- oh, this yeah. is the LeBron goat argument where it's like the durability of LeBron, the number of like that's what you're going for. Here. Not I the not so. the best album, but well, a, a large catalog. Like, it's like I mean, obviously. If you choose the band that sings We Are the World, like you're just listening to We Are the World for like it's a good <laughs> band. It's a talented band. Like, yeah. But that's all you get. Like, you are the world well, and you are the children. 
Now, actually, using your logic, do, if I get to use this individual catalogs of everyone involved in We Are the World, now I have a, an, I'm Spotify now. You really wish for a thousand wishes on uh, everyone rubbing the lamp. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my. I'm going to start with that, knowing that I'm going to have to listen to Dave. So I'm not going to I'm not going to pick something similar. I was going to say maybe like a Mumford and Sons, mm. but I'm going to go a little bit far out with a much with a pretty good catalog and I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. Wow. I like that. Yep. Do you yep. get I, because, I wonder if you get all future Taylor Swift songs, too. I yes. Think so. Yes. I get future Taylor, including this album, which, you know, mixes it up a little bit. And I'm also trying to. uh attuned for the fact that I might have to be listening to this with my girlfriend. So mm. thus, you know, needing to satisfy both parties. Way, I'm very proud of you for getting in the fact that you have a girlfriend on the podcast. It's out there now. Ladies, call off the dogs. Stop swiping left, right. He's not coming up on the apps anymore. He's attached. Now I have a question. Do you also get do you also get the music videos or do you just get the, the audio? Mm. It depends on it depends on what sort of Alexa you have. If you get like the little round ones where it's just playing, or you get one of the new ones with like the video screen on it, then then you get a little bit more. So I've got audio only, is what you're telling me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, enough of this nonsense. Let's get into some Panther talk because this is going to uh, this exercise is something that I think is going to be super fun. We actually did something similar to this a couple of years ago, I think with John Halpin, where we did what we went through and we actually did a fantasy draft of the entire Panthers roster of who we would want. And, uh, and, and it was a fun way to talk about the people on the roster. And not only that, I thought it was um, a little bit telling of, of the way that you rank the players that are on there, because it's one of those things where after the first tenor, you think that there's a lot of talent on a roster. And then it's like after 12, you're like, Oh, I guess I'll take Tahir Whitehead. Like not that Tahir is a bad player, but. <laughs> Sorry to hear if you're listening. Um, uh, you're very muscular, as we saw in the video. Um, uh, I think that um, it's a good way to do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through, and we are going to actually form a 53-man roster. I'm going to write it down right here and create a, almost a death chart of sorts. Each person, we're going to go around in a circle. It's not going to be a snake draft or anything. We're just going to go one in, one after another. And we're going to get to select one player, and then you can put them at a position. Now, don't don't do anything crazy. Don't be like, I'm going to take Will Greer, and I'm going to put him at tackle. Like, but you can say, I'm going to take, uh, like, I'm going to take Pharaoh Cooper, and he's going to be wide receiver slash returner. Like, you could that that's a you you're you're building our roster that way, um, and then we're going to see who makes the 53. And um, since we're fair. Uh, I am going to start and I'm going to throw in a wrinkle that I did not announce to anybody. The wrinkle is that you have to go the opposite unit of the guy who went before you. So if I pick offense, that means that Will, who's going next, is going to have to pick defense. And then Colin will pick offense and then blah, 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 blah. And then the last three picks that we pick will be special teams. Okay. I was going to start with JJ Jansen. Come on. No, well, he is going to make the roster. So I'm pretty sure about that one. Better hope that he gets that you get the the easiest one for special teams is JJ Jansen. So whoever gets that guy, whoever gets to pick special teams first, is going to end up picking JJ, and then the other one's going to have to make a decision um, because I, I think it's going to be fun and interesting. And then you could theoretically put Bedvik at both, which is uh, pretty cool, I think. 
And then you could add uh, – you could just be like, you know what, instead of picking a punter, I'm going to make Vedvik kicker and punter, and I'm going to add um, uh, Chris Orr is going to make the roster. Spoilers, maybe. Uh, I'm going to pick first, you guys. Okay, well, go so ahead, Colin. It sounds I, like you have some questions here. I just want to clarify. So yes. you're going to pick, then Will's going to pick, then I'm going to pick. And at the end of it, we're going to have a 53-man roster of great success. Yes. Is that, okay. We're not trying to, like, screw each other here. Like, the point is to create the 53, the people who we think are going to make the 53. Ultimately, there's not going to be very many decisions right off the bat. Like, the first 36 picks are probably going to be pretty easy. But then I okay. do think there are going to be some some debates, and uh, and if you would like to if you would like to change your pick after somebody yells at you for uh, putting eight wide receivers on the roster, I, I'm I'm willing to hear that. I am going to go first, however, and okay, I will okay. be selecting. Uh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh, said, okay, said, all right, okay. Okay. See, you're trying to jump ahead here. I fully support this. I su- I support what we're doing, but I do think it is important to note that this type of drafting selections cycle circle whatever you call it is how you end up selecting malik monk over donovan mitchell <laughs> i mean okay really, as long as you're okay with it let's let's do it let's just, let's run this podcast donovan mitchell and malik monk both uh have are going to be playing the same amount of playoff games for the foreseeable future so basically the same um I feel like I'm probably going to cut out that weird insult to Donovan Mitchell, who's much better than Malik Monk. <laughs> okay. I'm All not, right. I, I don't do any edits. It's fine. I'm I just, thought it was more pro-Malik than anti-Donovan. Do I want to be pro-Malik? I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to be <laughs> on record as being pro-Malik Monk. Sorry, Malik, if you're listening. First pick, Christian McCaffrey starting running back. I know it's a shocker, but I do think that CMC is going to be making the roster um you have anything that you'd like to say about christian mccaffrey will brian you have 20 seconds to comment on christian mccaffrey i i want to know how long until david newton writes that he's going for 1500 1500 or has he already written that or are we are we looking at that already you've got to ask a lot of questions about it um before that happens but uh i don't i like do you uh, i guess this will be this will be an actual question for you do you think that he will get even close to 1,000-1,000 this year? I, I mean, obviously, he was, getting, he was getting fed the ball so much last year that by the last two games of the season, they were just strictly trying to get him there. Do you think he right. gets even close this year? Um, I think he gets 1,000 receiving yards and not 1,000 rushing yards. I think that makes a ton of sense, and I think that that is a great way to use him. Um, I, I, think I mean, yeah, he's, he's just so unstoppable in the passing game. I think you see him more actually starting the play out in the slot position rather than, you know, everything's coming from six yards from behind the line of scrimmage. I think you, you know, you get him out there and you start actually trying to, you know, he's not working on six yards of space. He's working one-on-one and there's only two yards for a linebacker to do anything with him. Um, or the linebacker has to sit back because any number of other things are happening. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, usage of him and a lot more different people back behind the quarterback. Can you have a lot – like, this seems – this is going to be the type of offense that, like, in two weeks into the season, you're going to be like, can you put three linebackers out there? Like, because can you have Christian McCaffrey or Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore? Can one of those guys get matched up against a linebacker on every down? Because the answer is no, not, a, not unless you want to – huge mismatch every time 
Right. So, I mean, if, you know, we'll get to it, but I mean, it really does come down to protection and just putting the ball on the, in the spot. Cause like there's, they're going to be open. Like you can't guard all of them with, you know, what Buffalo nickel linebackers or, you know, safeties like Jeremy Chen. I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I think the 2000 yards is in play though. I, I think Will's point about he might be more than a thousand receiving, but I think it, the total will be right. will still be around 2000. I don't, foresee his usage decreasing significantly. I think he is you know this is the difference between this the offense now versus the offense of the last 8 seasons with number 1. He was everything about it. He was the centerpiece. Christian McCaffrey is the centerpiece that makes everything else work now with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater under center. So, yeah. I think 2K's a lot. Yeah, I I I think it I think it's certainly doable. Will, who do you got next? Who's making the roster? Give me, Brian, give me Brian Burns. All right. Brian Burns is starting. Where do you want to put him? I'm going to assume defensive end. We'll go defensive end. Okay. Brian Burns. Do you think that he can make a, uh, a leap this year? Absolutely. I think, he, I think he's, he's there. He's ready. I mean, I, I think he was already doing stuff with a, a hand literally tied behind his back last year. You know, there were plays late in the season when, you know, he'd show up out of nowhere and, you know, deflect a pass or, you know, to deflect a, a special teams play with one hand. Um, I, I think that, I think not only did that injury affect him physically, I think it affected him mentally last year. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully this, this group, this coaching staff can help him kind of get beyond that uh, in his head too. Brian didn't want to answer, but um, I am going to give out some uh, superhero awards right now that I just came up with. Uh, last year, he like made a bunch of guys on the defense, Marvel superheroes. This year, uh, I think the Hulk is Tahir Whitehead. I think Dante Jackson will stay as the Flash. I think that um, Troy Pride is the Green Lantern for – I'm not sure why, but I just – I think that's happening. Um, I think that uh, Derek Brown is uh, the Thing – right? That's a good one. Uh, I, would, I would swap Hulk and Thing there. Okay. All right. I think, wow. I think Derek Brown gets the whole – because I feel like if there's someone that's most likely to lift a human being and throw them through the air on the football field, it's most likely Derek Brown. That seems more Hulkish. That's fair. Um, is there like a super dorky superhero? Because I would give that to Steven Weatherly. Um, I'm not saying who that I would. Wow. I'm saying just random guys just catching elbows no, early. Listen, Where's Nikki? No, 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 Where no, no, is no, no, Nikki? No, 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 no. Nikki, no, no, come no. back. Steven, if you're listening. I, that is not the case. Um, I, um, I'm saying that's what Brian Burns would say. I'm putting myself in the, in the mind isn't, of a Brian Burns. Isn't Superman the guy that wears glasses? Mm, yeah, that's not bad. You know? Yeah, or the, right. I, or the goggles. Maybe he'll do something with the goggles. Like, uh, right. like what's Cy- is it Cyclops, the one that wears the goggles? All right, this, oh. this is great. We spent seven minutes and we've gotten two guys in. So, <laughs> for a really nice... Uh, Really, really good podcast, Colin. Who do you got? You're on. Uh, I, I, I'm Team Teddy. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater is the perfect quarterback for this offense to make this thing run. I really do. I'm so bullish on this offense. I think it, it, even listening to Marty um, talk about this offense um, recently in the in the press conferences and stuff, I'm I'm bullish on on, on Teddy and everything. So I'm I'm locking him up here. Get him right. get him under contract. Yeah, I think that's uh, that. That is not. I, I said this on Twitter that it's weird. I don't know whether it's just Carolina or it happens everywhere. But like the question of like 
the the start the clear starting quarterback and people are like well what about pj walker and it's like like people did it with cam too like well i mean are we sure that cam's a start i mean we used we yelled about this in training camp for the past three years right colin like how many times does cam newton have to win the starting job in carolina same thing with teddy bridgewater he has to like win the starting job that rule literally got asked by a reporter if teddy bridgewater was the starter like that's insane to me And I don't know whether – I honestly don't know. Like, maybe it's happening in Atlanta where people are like, uh, Coach Quinn, what do you think about Kurt Bankert and uh, that competition <laughs> with Matt Ryan? Well, to be fair, Matt Ryan had started. It's more ridiculous that Cam as an MVP was still getting those questions. Although, I think the gap now between QB1 and QB2 on this roster is bigger than it's been basically since since Cam was on the roster. Like, the, I think Teddy is the injury they can least afford to deal with this season. Well, um, maybe probably. Well, so, I mean, that's why it's it's it, it is it's it's as crazy as it sounds. It's it's more absurd that Teddy Bridgewater, a we'll just call him journeyman quarterback at this point, versus an MVP seems more solidified in the quarterback position than did Cam Newton. But it's because the gap is just massive. I think. I, I mean, yeah, like I would agree to that extent. Like I don't know. I mean, the Panthers won five games with Kyle Allen last year. I don't think that the Panthers are winning five games with Will Greer and PJ Walker this year. Mm-mm. You know, no, you can't no. see podcast audience, but I'm shaking my head vehemently. They are not. Um, I am going to take. I am on defense, and I will be taking. Um, I'll take Derek Brown. How about that? A rookie coming off the board, but um, a I think he's going to make the roster, and I also think that. Um, I think he's really good. Like I, I know we talked about like it's one of those things where you you don't wanna you don't wanna like weigh too much on training camp appearances and training camp like the way they look in camp. But like for me a lot of times with rookies, it's like especially big guys, you wanna like just make sure they look like they belong in the NFL. Like this guy looks like he is a beast. And so I, I really do look forward to seeing him play. Now, um yeah, that's it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna relitigate the stuff that I've been saying for the past four months about taking a defensive tackle. Well, I, first of all, as as the guy that was happy that they took a defensive tackle, it feels good to hear you say these things as we get closer to the regular season. Also, I, I I'm always skittish about taking other people's words about whether or not guys can play, and especially in the defensive line because that's a position that you typically think takes a couple years for guys to really get comfortable. And it sounds like he's really had an impact. So I, I'm optimistic about seeing him. I'm hopeful that he's going to be the playmaker that people think he is. But I do think it's often a position that takes a little bit of time. That said, happy to have him on the roster. I'm happy cool. to have – yeah, I'm happy to have KK next to him as long as both of those two stay stay healthy. I, I think, it, you know, obviously you – know, I'm, I'm not sure how much you guys have talked about it, but, you know, the prospect of you know going back to a 4-3 versus a 3-4 – on that front line, you know, it puts maybe a little bit less pressure on the defensive tackle. And, um, you know, you're able to really kind of do a little bit more there inside and, and just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of be yourself and just kind of be an athletic beast rather than really have to do so much more to stop the run so much more to move the line. Um, so I, I think, I think that's going to help uh, Derek in his, his rookie season. Did did David Tepper weigh in on that decision to switch them back to the four three, or was it just to go to the three four in the first place? I don't know if he's doing all the all the football decisions. Um, Will, you're up. Offense, you're on offense. Yeah, you're selecting offense. Yeah, offense. 
um, DJ Moore. Yep. Got it. Felt uh, like yeah. he was going to be the next guy off the board. It is kind of interesting because it's like a look at how you like view view the roster too. Like I feel like this is this is an a close to the top five for me when you look mm-hmm. at the top the five guys that we picked. Like the, the top five guys on the roster, I think you could maybe quibble with with Derek Brown. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, I've said it already, and I will say it again. I think DJ Moore is about to like make the I, is about to make the leap here into elite wide receiver. I think that when you look at what he is the guy that's going to benefit. Everybody thinks it's going to be Curtis Samuel. I think it's going to be DJ Moore is going to benefit the most from having Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator who can get him the ball in space and let him do things. And he proved that he was able to, um, that he was able to be a productive wide receiver with effectively a terrible quarterback. So if you give him a good quarterback, uh, I think he's going to, it's going to be one of those things where everybody outside of the league is going to be like, wait, how DJ Moore has 130 receptions. Like how did that happen? And that, that I think is about to happen. He's the guy that, to this point, despite all the numbers he's put up, has not had a 10-catch 10, 10 game. So you talk about the quarterback troubles. I think I, – if I was if – you're, if you're anybody in this offense, you want to get those early balls from Teddy because somebody's going to get to eat. And, and you might as well be you. I, I think you're right. I think it could be more I – I think Anderson I – would I wouldn't be shocked if there was – if it really looked like it was a lot more spread this year. Than, than we've seen, um, you know, with Cam, I felt like there was always, always kind of had the favored targets, but this year I think it could be, it could be wide open. And I don't, I, I think Moore's going to have a great season, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be the week to week performer. I think guys are going to cycle through. And I think that's a really exciting thing about this offense. Do you guys put much into the, you know, the constant talk of, oh, but he can't score touchdowns or he needs more touchdown production, Does that? how much does that factor into a guy's overall wide receiver success? I think that's the hardest throws a lot of times for quarterbacks to, to make. We talked about questionable quarterback play. Um, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see what he does. I, I do think as you look at this offense, if there's one area that you um, might worry about, although I think Robbie Anderson patrol, is kind of like a tight end that can control the back of the, control the, back of the end zone and stuff like that. So – I, I like the guys they've got, but I do think they're going to have to be smart in the red zone. Well, there's a certain tight end who is really developing into quite a red zone weapon. I don't know if you know, but he did used to play basketball, and he's going to be getting onto the roster at some point here in the near future. Um, I agree with you, though. I do think that after that joke, um, I do think the red zone is going to be a, a bit of an issue for this team when you look at who's on the roster. They're not, they're not a big team. So it's like when they get to the two-yard line. But I will say for DJ Moore and touchdowns, I come from – I used to write about fantasy football all the time, and touchdowns are a variable stat. Um, it's impossible to predict. You know, Calvin Johnson was not a good touchdown guy either, and that's redonkulous. But he would get tackled at the one constantly. He had gotten tackled at the one like 15 times in one season. So it's like – to me, it's like touchdowns are – I mean, DJ Moore had that – catch where he got knocked out of bounds at the two in between two guys. I don't remember exactly where he was, where it was, but it was definitely on the road. And he like, it was a spectacular catch, but if that's one yard deeper, it's a touchdown. So it's like, to me, it's like uh, the difference between four and eight touchdowns. It has to be something that happens over like a decade for it to be a thing for me. 
If you look at the guys from the last decade, the, the one guy that doesn't kind of have the touchdowns that measure up when you talk about the top wide receivers is Deshaun Jackson. Like when you look at the top 10, and he's obviously the smallest one of the bunch. I'm, I would, as far as Moore's concerned in, in touchdowns, I'm more concerned about him fumbling than I am specifically about him scoring touchdowns. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. Um, well, who do you got? Uh, Colin Hoggard. Well, uh, since, we, since we've mentioned him, I'll take uh, Derek Brown's line mate. I'll take K.K. Short, the veteran leader on yep. the defense. Now, if we and were doing like a draft for the future, I think uh, – I would not be selected. Further down. Yeah, yeah of course. But selected. for this season, he's going to make the roster. Can't argue with that. I'm going to go uh, – like we've already kind of touched on K.K., so I'm just going to – I'm going to buzz right past him, and um, I'm going to take the uh, – I'm going to take – Russell Okung at left tackle. Um, I think that obviously we know Okung is going to make the roster, um, but I, I think that when you look at the offensive line, that's a guy that is has a huge weight on his shoulders. And if he can be a reasonable facsimile of who Russell Okung has been in the past, the good version of Russell Okung for 16 games, the entire team looks a lot different than it did than it does if he can't play 16 games of good football. Okung's, Okung's addition is one, the one thing that I've been worried about with this offense. And now, you know, because all the, the 2020 stuff. Um, and now that he's here and feels like he's going to participate. Again, listening to Marty and him talking specifically about this offensive line, I don't hear, like, dire concern. And I'm not saying that they're not looking to add or they're going to be looking to, you know, improve this. But I don't get the sense that they feel like this offensive line is subpar. And so – um, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about this. And I shouldn't say I subpar to the point of being unplayable. Is that fair? Yeah. I, I mean, I saw your look. I mean, you, it's, you, you gave me a look, Josh. I'm just saying, I think they sound confident or, you know what I mean? Like about this I, offensive line. I think it's the same thing. I, I, I've done a couple of radio hits this week where they've asked me about the offensive line. And both times I've been like, well, like I feel really good about the front, about the starting five, but it's like, when you get to the seventh guy, it's like, oh, boy. Like, it just – it goes downhill real fast. So, uh, obviously, they can stay healthy. It's the story of any offensive line. It's If you can stay healthy, then great. If they can't – you know, last year we thought the offensive line was going to be pretty good, and then Dennis, the six-round pick, started at left tackle for ten games. And it's like – that's not that's not how you build a winning cult or a winning offensive line. So that, that's do, what I do. Do you people talk about like needing to have, and this will extend to some of the other guys we mentioned, but needing to have, uh, you know, experience playing with each other. How much do we put in the fact that these most of these guys all played together in Denver together? Not that much. I don't know. I like. I, I mean, like, does it does it matter at all, or is this pretty much a complete reset that they're now all here, different, you know, different staff, different everything else? I really think it's about the fact that this ball is going to come out. I think this ball is going to come out quickly. I mean, Teddy's not a deep ball thrower. Like, it, I, I just think the teams – if teams try to send pressure, great. Because either – that means DJ Moore, CMC's catching the ball, you know, in, in the middle of the field with fewer guys around them and then let them, you know, turn up field and go. So, I, I don't – I'll be very interested to see how teams are going to try and attack this offense. I think this offense could have defenses – on their heels and that works in favor of an offensive line that, you know, isn't the greatest. 
if I'm if I'm a defense, if I'm the Raiders defensive coordinator, I am sitting back and and letting Teddy, uh, telling Teddy to beat me deep. Like I'm not I'm not bringing more than my I'm not bringing more than the guys right. I'm not bringing more than the four guys up front. That's it. Uh, everybody's falling into coverage, and if if you want to like if you want to pick it apart, then pick it apart, and and we'll see. But I'm not bringing blitzes. I'm not giving you the chance to get. Uh, to get Christian McCaffrey leaking out on the edge, or DJ Moore on a on a quick slant with one guy in front of him, I'm just not Brid- going to do that. But Bridgewater's a guy that takes care of the ball. Again, I feel like this offense is going to be able to at, at times steal yards, steal five yards between DJ Moore and CMC and these other guys. I, I think they're going to be able to 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 move this ball, and and I think because of the way that they're able to move the ball and the threat of yards after catch with. I mean, just the, all, all of them. I mean, who – the top five. This was one of the things about, you know, I, I, the, the greatest show on turf. Those guys can score from anywhere. When you talk about CMC, Moore, Samuel, Anderson, I mean, Ian Thomas is my fifth. Or, or Mike Davis is my fifth. These guys can score from anywhere. So, I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm optimistic. Will Bryan, who do you got for, uh, for defense? Defense. Um, let's go with Shaq Thompson. Okay. All right. Was wondering when Shaq was going to come off the board. Um, I I don't really know what else we could say about Shaq. It seems like every year is like, well, Shaq's really got to do it this year. So um, I'll ask the question to you then. I mean, Shaq was signed before Matt Rule and everybody. The, the, the changeover occurred. Do you feel like Shaq is a good fit going forward with this team, or do you think this is one of those situations where you signed a guy and then you now he's not necessarily the greatest fit? Um, I, I think he's a fine fit. I think he's maybe a little bit overpaid for an off-ball linebacker, but I think that overall Shaq Thompson is a quality NFL player. Um, maybe shouldn't be like one of the top five guys in terms of earning, in terms of salary on your team. Um, well, they just but, lost but, all their vets. They no, just no, lost no, I, all I, their vets. I get it. I get it. I'm not. I, I don't really. He's one of those guys where it's like I don't really have a problem with Shaq Thompson. Now, we talked about it last year, and I will continue to bang the drum, but only for so long because crying over spilled milk isn't really my style. But like, they should have signed Bradbury instead of Thompson. You're gonna throw 15 million a year at a uh, at a at a at a defender. How about a shutdown corner? But Whatever. They didn't. Shaq Thompson's on the team. Shaq Thompson's a fine player. Uh, Colin, who's who do you got? Oh, you're on offense. I'm going, uh, you know, I mentioned his name, Robbie Anderson. I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to add. We have not had a threat like him since Steve Smith in terms of a, a guy that catches 40-plus balls and averages 14 yards plus per, uh, per catch. Uh, you got to go back to Smitty. Um, and, and what well, DJ did it, but effectively before DJ, it was, it, it was Smithy. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Robbie Anderson's going to do um, for this offense. And, yeah. and Colin, yeah, I mean, Josh kind of said it. You know, I, I'm excited to see it, but I also want to see it. You know, we, we know what he did in New York. We know what Teddy can do, but we haven't seen players in Panthers' helmets go deep and make catches deep in a long time, or it feels like a long time, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's felt like the deep threat is a threat to open up the inside. And the deep threat is something just to go get a pass interference call, but it hasn't been something where it's like, we're going to go complete a ball 40 yards through the air. 
and beat someone over the top and catch it and score. Like it just hasn't felt like we've seen that in a long time. Um, so I think it's certainly there. I think they, I think they made some moves to address that, but I want to see it. I want to actually see it happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, I agree. I think that Robbie Anderson is one of those guys that looks really like it's a signing that looks great on paper, but I would like to see how he actually fits into this offense. And, and maybe I do think he can be successful without having a ton of stats. Um, I think mm-hmm. he can be successful by if he just is running nine routes every single down and drawing safety coverage over the top and allowing that defend, that extra defender to be out of DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, or Christian McCaffrey's way. Okay. Like that, I think is successful. Um, but I, I, I agree. I would like to see it um, a couple games, but I, I do agree with you. He's th- the first time that I have felt like there might be a deep threat since Ted Ginn, like mm-hmm. to me. I, and, I don't and- We've had the land of giants here. He's the biggest wide receiver now, right? Six three. Yeah, he's tall. He's big, and yeah. and I will. The, for all of the Curtis Samuel has been less than impressive talk in training camp. The reason why he wrote that, and if you read the next sentence, that's what he said was he looks less. He does hasn't looked impressive compared to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and because Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are out there galloping around wide open like horses, and. Uh, Curtis Samuel just hasn't been open as much. And maybe it's just because he's not the right read. But, I mean, like, Robbie Anderson, when, when they were running those scrimmages, like, he's literally just, like, nobody within four yards of him. And it's just, like, I mean, I don't know whether that's going to translate the regular season. Maybe it will. Let's, I mean, certainly everybody hopes so. But uh, I'm not sure. Um, I am going to go on the other side of the ball, uh, opposite from Robbie Anderson. And I'm going to take Dante Jackson – who, in my mind, is the most important player on the Panthers' defense this year because if he can show that he can be a, uh, a cornerback in the NFL, he doesn't have to be the best cornerback on the roster. He needs to show that he can be a starting corner in the NFL because last year he got benched, and I get that it was Perry Fuel and whatever, but he didn't look good for most of last year. And he can, he's going to blame the injury, and he's going to blame his coaches. He's going to blame a lot of other people. But ultimately, like, they need to know whether they can count on Dante Jackson for the future uh, at corner, like, this year. They need to find out probably in the first four games whether or not Dante Jackson can be – it doesn't have to be the number one corner. He could be the number two corner, and whoever corner – I don't even know who a draft uh, – somebody they draft next year. I was going to say Jeff Okuda, but that's, like, it's an old reference now. But – like the draft at the number one corner of the future and Dante Jackson's the next guy. Sure. That's fine. But you need, I need to see it this year. And if he's bad, this whole defense is going to get torched. A defense is going to get torched either way, but if he's bad, they're going to get like historically torched. The, as bad as the run game was last year, the past defense is going to be this year. Do you think Dante, do you think Dante Jackson is the, Panther most likely to be traded by the trade deadline? Uh, I mean, not if he goes out there and stinks it up for two games. Like, who's going to give up? Who's who's giving up something for Dante Jackson? Somebody. Somebody might. I, I mean, Maybe. Uh, I'm I w- saying if, it sounds to me like you think this is – there's like – it's an early season referendum. If, if that's the situation, I'm not keeping you around. Like, I would be looking to move him. I mean, I, I'm asking you, you think that that's where they are – with him that they are look you we got to see it 
straight away here, Dante. Matt Rule I mean, likes. Go ahead, Will. Sorry. Oh yeah, I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I kind of agree that I, I think you're you're both right. I think they they could certainly potentially look if if they don't feel like there's a long term future for him here, knowing what this division is, knowing what you've got to be able to ask of your cornerbacks. But at the same time, like, you know, if it's, if it's obvious, I mean, here's a guy that was hurt, you know, was benched, you know, was on all or nothing, you know, he's kind of gotten, he's gotten aired out a little bit out there. Um, and, you know, some of it's kind of because of him, some of it's not really his fault. Some of it's just kind of circumstances, but I, I think, yeah, it's going to be tough if, if you're in a position where it's pretty obvious that he's not the guy here, I don't really know what you can really do about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I agree with you. Uh, do you guys think he will bid? If he'll be like if Bradbury's gone. Is it just you just going to try and put him, put him on number one? Because does he like the challenge? I mean, is it a situation like that? I mean, you're you're Josh. Your eyes give me no assistance on this audio medium. I don't. I mean, I don't. I know. know I know oh. what you're saying, but the listener does not understand what your eyes are telling me. The your eyes are telling of, me that I'm crazy, man. The idea of throwing Dante Jackson out there and being like, "Go get Julio Jones, you got him. You're a shadow." Is just like, I. I mean, I can't make enough terrible faces on Zoom for that. Well, I'm like, not saying he's Revis. I'm not saying you leave him on an island. I'm like, if you're a cornerback and you're a cornerback that has swagger, particularly in the way that Dante Jackson does. If you can't get down competing against this division with Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Hall of Fame wide receivers, go play somewhere else. Like Listen. week in and week out, you should you got it. You if you're a big dog and you want to eat, this is a division where that can happen for you. They did it once in 2018. They said, Dante, go out there and cover Juju Smith Schuster. And he got torched immediately. And they and then no, wait 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 I thought they it, put him on Antonio they put him on they put him Antonio on Antonio Brown, right and they put and Bradbury got torched by Juju the first play and then yeah and then Antonio Brown torched Dante yeah and Dante right. thought that he got pushed off but right. the the point is is that they they said that was at the point it's weird to think that right. Antonio Brown was their number one receiver but they they said hey go out there and get the number one guy because I remember mm-hmm. that that week in the locker room we were all talking to James about covering Antonio Brown Brown, and then it was the other way around and it was like oh man are we seeing a a changing of the guard turns out it was the turning point of the whole franchise but um it's uh yeah I mean uh, he has not proven that he can go out there and cover the number one guy and one other thing about Dante uh is that Matt Rule loves guys he said it a thousand times I love guys that love football that want to come in here and work hard and be the hardest working guys in the room and, uh, and, you know, are, are like they're at staying after hours and they're not making excuses for anything. And I think Dante Jackson needs to prove that he can be that kind of player. He needs to prove that he can be Matt Rule's kind of player. Um, I'm not saying that he can't, but uh, I'm not sure that what we've seen from him, certainly in his public persona, um, I, I don't know if he's there yet. Yeah. The way, the way you approach it, it just sounds a, a little bit more dire than it's like, well, this guy's not quite working out the way we, we'd hoped, but he's okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, if he's okay, okay is better than getting cut as a second-round pick. So that's that's what I'm looking for. Who do we got? Uh, Will Bryan. I'm going to go back to the most unsexy but still very important thing up for me, Taylor Moten. Yep. 
you know, I think with all of the talk of everything about left tackle of the left side of the line of all the uncertainty there, the fact that Taylor has come in and just kind of become that guy on the right side very quietly for three years and no one really has said a word about him or, you know, I, I think that he's a bit underrated on what people are usually down on for this line. And I think he's overperformed or performed up to what his expectation was. Yeah. I, I think this is the, this is the kind of guy that you need to resign if you want to be a, a, mm-hmm. a good franchise in my mind. This is a guy that's done everything that's been asked of him. All he's done has been a hallmark of consistency on the right side and um, you know, pay the man. You got to pay, you got to pay people. And uh, I, I mean, if you want to build your, if you want to build your team from the inside out, you want to stop the run and run the ball. Like Matt rule says, this is, here's your, here's your top seven right tackle that you can lock up for the next five years who has never missed a game due to injury. But I, if in my mind, it's like, you gotta, you gotta make that move. So that's, I agree with you, Colin. Back on the defensive side, the other rookie that we hope will have an impact this season, Jeremy Chin. Um, very excited about this. I can't help but have like the Bob Sanders vibes and we're just getting to hear. And, and I really feel like the, the, my biggest concern with Jeremy Chen over the next several years is going to be his ability to play 16 and not 8 to 12 every, every year. That's fair. Can I show you guys where I put Jeremy Chen on, the, on my – kind of lined up right here is that in the weapon department is yeah that that's the, in the that's in the, the x factor box that's in, that's in the Shaq thompson as a rookie spot like what position is he gonna play he's right here he's gonna play right here uh it's kind of in the slot kind of a linebacker kind of a safety um just gonna but, do a lot of things and i he's gonna be really good i i he's another guy that i think like i i liked coming out of school and i have seen nothing during training camp that has made me think any different so, I mean, people, people talk, obviously Shaq is the near history, but I mean, the longer history was Thomas Davis. Mm-hmm. Remember he came out as a safety linebacker and, you know, obviously we all know what he did over the course of his career. I mean, it, Chin is just such a, he's such a, a hard hitter. He's a physical player. You know, he, he's a guy that, you know, last year it felt like, I mean, so many things contributed to it, but last year it just didn't felt like that defense was hitting anybody, you know, like there was just no real toughness, uh, intensity to it. And I think that, you know, Chin doesn't care that he's a rookie. He's going to go and, and ball out. I'd be interested to, to see see him put on the Panther uniform and play in a game. You mentioned TD. The, the big thing with him was that the further away from the line of scrimmage he got, the less comfortable he was. I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to be a situation for Chin. I mean, TD was at the, at the beginning of this movement of the, the linebacker safety hybrid cover man thing. Um, so I, I think Chin is going to be a more secondary version to, to TD's linebacker version. Um, is it me? Am I on offense now? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Matt Paradis in the middle, um, and we don't have to really focus in on him, but I do think that he's going to have he's going to be better this year than he was last year, just strictly from having uh, a full season to get um, all the way healthy. I don't feel like he was ever really healthy, ever really healed, ever really got his body back to where he wanted to be. And, you know, maybe COVID kept him from working out this year and maybe it's going to be a problem again this year. And then, then they just, they screwed up that signing and is what it is. Uh, But that's, that's all I got for Matt Paradise. It also, if you're a glass half full kind of training camp highlight person and you like what you see from Derek Brown, that means you probably don't like what you see from Matt Paradise. So take that with a grain of salt. Will, who do you got? 
Uh, give me Trey Boston. Okay. Love it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's both from a, from a leadership standpoint, I think they kind of handed him the keys to the car, you know, with all the people that left on the defensive side. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what he is in terms of that locker room. Um, we've seen already kind of his, his influence and in some of the more of like the social justice stuff. The fact that he was the one that, that talked to David Tepper um, after they, they didn't have that practice on Saturday. Um, but, you know, we'll see how that translates to production on the field. I mean, Trey Boston's a guy very quietly that has gone out and is what fifth in the NFL and in interceptions by mm-hmm. safety over the last four years. I mean, how many people know that? Um, so, I mean, he, he's a guy that they shouldn't have waited nearly as long as they did last year to sign. They should have had him in here day one and it took, you know, however many months to get him. But um, I'm, I'm happy that he's one of the ones that they chose to stick with. And Trey's been, you know, incredible. He's been vocal in the community. It'll be very interesting. We just got done talking about Dante Jackson. You're a DB at the at the end of the day. You're a DB leader at the end of the day. How does does, does Trey Boston get Dante Jackson? To, you know, kind of in line. And I'm not saying that's his responsibility, but if if you're a leader, that's the that's the kind of guy that you need to uh, you need to get. So I, I'm excited about him. You mentioned the interceptions. That's what that's why I hate the idea that we got we might be giving up on Dante because when you consider that the, the Ability of this defense to turn the ball over, particularly on interceptions. You've got guys, with the possible exception of yet-to-be-drafted Eli Apple, these guys are, are, are all capable of turning the ball over um, with regularity. So, Who do you got on offense, Colin? I'm going with the X Factor, the other X Factor, Curtis Samuel. I thought that uh, was Man Hurts. I thought he was coming off the board. <laughs> nope, nope, not, not Mantonio Gates. I'm going with Curtis Samuel. <laughs> Oh, I'm definitely stealing that. I'm cutting it from the episode, and it's Josh's. <laughs> um, I just want everybody to see where I put – I did put Curtis Samuel here in the slot. Um, I, I think you're going to see him in some other places, um, but uh, I, I think that, that he is going to be in the slot. That's where he makes the most sense um, here on this page. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. We've talked about we'll talk, talked about Curtis Samuel a million times on this podcast, and we'll probably talk about him a million more times as he amasses 40 receptions for 600 yards and five touchdowns. And then we all lament when he gets signed uh, by the Chargers. Um, I am going to select on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll take to here Whitehead. Um, I, I, we did get to just about where, where I th- thought he would go. Um, going to be starting at middle linebacker. And this is a guy that is, an excellent run defender and a bad pass defender, which is essentially the story of this defense. So um, he's going to fit right in, sit right down, and uh, let his hair hang down. So um, I think so. He's that, a middle linebacker, is what you're saying. That's correct. Well, we're just we're just spoiled by the fact that we actually had a middle linebacker that was so good at coverage and so good at everything else that we just lamented that he was only you know decent at getting interceptions from the middle linebacker position. Is he the worst middle linebacker in Panthers franchise history to start the season? Whitehead? Yeah. Uh, did James Anderson start the season? Great question. I don't know. I, I threw that out without, a, without an answer in mind. I know, J- I know James Anderson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Anderson had some inflated tackle numbers that have him in some interesting spots in the record book. Yeah. Nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I don't, I, that should not actually, I, I know that sounds terrible, 
that shouldn't be seen as a knock on to hear Whitehead. It should be seen as a compliment to the history, the incredible history of middle linebackers over the past 26 years um, in Carolina. Because you're saying, you're saying Sam Mills, then Dan Morgan, right? Or am I skipping? Yeah. Sam Mills, Sam Dan Mills. Morgan, John Beeson, Luke Keekler. Yeah. Effectively. And maybe James yeah. Anderson. And maybe James <laughs> And maybe James Anderson. So he's, Top two, bottom two worst middle linebackers to start the season. Sorry to hear again if you're listening. Um, please do not uh, uh, kick me into the ground. Um, Will, who do you got? Wait, wait, is it my turn? Am I on? No, no, you pick. You, you said Whitehead. Oh, I just yeah, with, with 16, right. with pick 16, you took to hear Whitehead. Yep, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Ian Thomas. Ooh, okay. I think obviously there's there's some uh, you know people are a little concerned right now um, after the media this week, but I mean he's still he's still going to be the guy that they're going to count on for production in the pass game, um, and uh, you know I I think he's he's a guy that all of a sudden if you lose him in this system he can make you pay. I, he's not a guy that you're going to be relying on to be like a big tight end production, but. He, he can he can block and he can slip out and all of a sudden he's wide open in the seam you know and I, I think he can still he can still make production out of that yeah I think he can be like a uh, like an Austin Hooper type mm-hmm. like a guy that you're just kind of like when you're playing when you're playing the Falcons you're like man we got to watch out Calvin Ridley Julio Jones and then all of a sudden Calvin or Hooper has eight catches for 91 yards and a score yep. and you're like this guy's killing us on on these little uh, curls up the seam that mm-hmm. you're just not paying attention to. So I do think – I mean, he's got soft hands, really talented. It's just a matter of putting it all together and, uh, and you know, obviously staying healthy because, um, like, you mentioned, like, the, the media. I think I, I'm part of – I'm certainly one of those people that is blowing up this, like, toe thing because turf toe lingers, man. Turf toe lingers. And uh, – I would have I would have loved to have seen him out there on the field today, and he was not even in the practice bubble. So, of all the positions that the, the Panthers will be scouring when all the other roster cutdowns go down go around the league, I expect tight end to be one of these areas that they're absolutely looking at. Yes, I to agree. try and solidify. They already kind of they signed two guys right during this odd. Didn't they? They signed Devalve, and then they signed Volaire. That'll be. Kidding me? Is that what he said? Sorry, there's one of our two curses. Um, what what happened? What did he say on on Hard Knocks? Yeah, he don't uh, he say the other when, one. Don't he don't. came in when he got cut and he said some things and and then Anthony Lynn was like, "I like your spirit. You got a good spirit, but you're not very good. You're cut." <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I I may go back and bleep that, but probably not because I'm not a good editor. Uh, you are up, Colin Hoggard, on the defensive side of the ball. And now we're going to get to, I think, oh, no, there's still one more uh, pretty pretty clear starter, I think. Oh, pretty clear. Uh-oh. Pretty clear starter. I, I was going for the youth movement here. I was going to go with Mr. Uh, Grossmatos, I yeah. believe is the way that we're supposed to pronounce it now. I, uh, I love it. I call him YGM. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's a I, K-pop I, band, right? Isn't, I do isn't that a K-pop think, yeah. band or are they, are they a Houston hip hop group? It's going to be huge. 
I think he is going to – if he's not going to start week one, which he may not, and honestly at defensive end doesn't really matter. Julius Peppers didn't start at one point um, like two years ago. So uh, I think he's going to get a majority of those reps on the defensive end. And he's another guy that I've been impressed with in camp. I've been impressed with all four of the top uh, picks in camp. Um, he's the first guy that I feel like I have, as the outsider, have no idea what I'm about to get into. Yeah, he has one highlight in from Penn State where he like literally where he like absolutely like murdered somebody. Like I, it was just it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, and so ever since then, I've been excited to see him get out there and attack quarterbacks. I remember uh, when David Phil, Pollock got drafted off something similar, playing next to CJ. Phil Phil Snow said that uh, Gross Matos is awkward or can be somewhat awkward coming off the line, and that makes him even harder to block in some ways. Because you don't exactly know. He doesn't do the things that you expect a guy to do. He kind of moves in a different sort of way. So take that for what it's worth. That's fair. No, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good nugget. Um, I am going to go ahead and take also the youth movement, but I do believe he's going to be your starter at left guard, and I will take Dennis Daly uh, off, the, off the board. And, uh, and we're this close to completing – a starting lineup on one side of the ball. Um, nothing really to talk about. I also, just for what it's worth, I think he might push Greg Little to be the backup left tackle too. So, sorry, sorry to this man, Greg Little. Uh, Will, you're up on defense. Um, let's go, Eli Apple. Okay, that. See, there you go. That is exciting. Putting Eli Apple at the number CB two on the depth chart. I just put. I, I mean. My- I just put him opposite Dante Jackson. He's going to have to match up against uh, DJ Moore, which is probably bad for him. But Yeah, I, I honestly I, – I don't know. Like, I, I don't really have a feel for Eli. I don't have a feel for uh, for this man's game. So, you know, I, I I hope that the things he's done in the past, you know, will continue to – you know, he's going to continue to work hard and, and be somewhat productive here. But I, I don't have a sense for where he's going to fit in. Yeah, I think it's going to be either him or Troy Pride, and I think one of the two. Whoever is starting in week one is not necessarily guaranteed to start week two or even start the second half of week one, for that matter. Um, I think there is a uh, – um, I, I think they're just – they're going to put the best player out there. They think they give them the best chance to win. And so uh, I, I don't think they're necessarily going to be like, well, we got to get the rookie in there. Like, I don't think that's going to be the case, at least not week one or week two or week three. So, um yep. Colin, you're on offense. You got one more starting lineup to do, or do you want to go? You want to? You want to take somebody else off the board? I uh, know yeah, I'm, I'm strengthening my offensive line. We've, we've talked about. It, we're concerned about it. I'm going though. Uh, I think it's time to add the man hurts. I think it's. I think wow. Hive. Okay. Yeah. Hashtag man hurts hive is alive. Did he, steal, did, did he just steal that, Josh? Do you feel very upset about this? Well, yeah, I, I know. Well, it was going to have to go around pick. again. It was going to have to go around again, which means you're going to have to skip it too, Will. So it's like it's getting a little you're thin. Tearing here. me apart, Colin. Yeah, it was like one you of those. Still get things. to talk about him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I mean, Matt Rule says he's the best blocking tight end in the in the NFL. I'm not sure I believe that, um, but uh, Will, I think we were talking about this a couple of, or a couple of days ago, actually. Like feels like every year it's like, is this the year that Chris Manhurts can break out and be a weapon in the passing game? And it's like, I don't know, maybe. Uh, who knows? And also, like, he doesn't have two guys in front of him anymore. And maybe week one he'll have no guys in front of him. So, um, 
I just seem to be Ed Dixon. Just be Ed Dixon. That's all I need. That's all we need. Don't Ed, baby. Just yeah, keep it simple. You're fine. I mean, it, now because I don't think he can step into the Ian Thomas role, but I don't think necessarily with this offense that you need that. I think you need a guy that that's what you need out of this a tight end in this offense is a guy that catches the ball, holds on to the ball when you throw it to him on third and five. That's what you need. I have I haven't seen this expressed exactly this way. But let's just say – we'll get to it in a second. Let's just say that if we want to make our tight ends one, two, and three and we add Arma there for, yeah. you know. It, the the number of years for the Panthers' three tight ends of actually playing tight end in college football is two for all three of them combined. That's pretty cool. That's like fun. Arma played Arma – played, Alex Arma played more defensive end than he played tight end. And Ian Thomas only played two years at Indiana while Chris Manhurts was playing basketball. I mean, like, that's what we're looking at in this tight end group. Is Just that – does that say that, that maybe Joe Brady doesn't really value the tight end? Maybe? Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, like, they, you, maybe he viewed Thaddeus Moss as just a big wide receiver. Maybe. Just yeah. thinking out – I'm just thinking out loud. Just, just throwing stuff out there. Um, I am going to take Justin Burris, who was the guy who I said was the presumed starter. Um, unsung hero of camp according to Matt Rule. And uh, in my mind, I do think I said I've been saying it for a couple of months. I think that he is going to be uh, an impact player for them. I think they like him at corner and safety and that, like, varied skill set that he has. It's just a matter of putting it all together. But I also think this uh, secondary is going to be pretty bad. So um, he'll is, be in the mix. Is unsung hero of camp the same as camp MVP, which Oof. guarantees that you were not going to, you know – do good things. I uttered it. I uttered it out loud last year, and Greg Olson nearly cut my head off. I don't know if Josh was standing next to me when I did it, but that was a that was a poor moment for my for my life. About Actually, who, the, who was training camp MVP? Yeah, <laughs> and Greg just looked at me, just like, "Who is this man's?" <laughs> I actually care more about following that story, like whether or not Ron declares a camp MVP in Washington, than I do a lot of other stuff that's happening, say, up in New England. We should have asked Matt Rule that. That was a that's a real miss. We could still do it tomorrow. Matt, I, <laughs> that's gonna go really poorly. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Now, now, but Burris is a guy though that's you, you've mentioned it. Now, is, is this a three safety thing here, or? Because Boston and Chin, two guys people are excited about, leadership, young rookie coming in. So how do you, how's Burris fitting in the whole I don't think Chin and Justin Burris play the same position. I think that Justin Burris plays a safety-slash-corner role, and Jeremy Chin plays a safety-slash-linebacker role. And when Jeremy Chin is coming off the field, that means a linebacker is coming on the field. And when Justin Burris goes off the field, that means a corner is coming on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when they want to do a nickel – like, a, like I, I, and maybe they won't. Who knows? Like, I, I honestly don't even know what this defense is going to look like. Like, I, I thought I had a handle on the three safety thing, but, like, I just don't know. I, like, I think that they're – I think they are going to – obviously, there's going to be a nickel situation sometimes because they're going to just have to match up against the faster guy in the slot. Um, but I think they feel like Jeremy Chin and Justin Burris can be those guys, and they don't really want to take the 11 guys that are on the, fl- on the field. I think they want to just match up with the 11 guys on offense. And so you're not going to see them do a lot, a ton of substitutions. So you can have Jeremy Chin and Justin Burris on the field, and they don't necessarily need to play linebacker or safety or corner. They're just defensive weapons. 
Will, what you're on offense. Um, we're now let's... into we're officially into backup territory. I Wait a minute, are we though? Have we done Have we done Miller? We have not done Miller, uh, but we have two tight ends on the field, so we decided to go no. with uh, with a weird hybrid lineup. But um, all right. I'm all about getting weapons. Yeah. I'll finish out that offensive line so that someone that Chris Manhurts doesn't have to play guard. That's that's nice of you. He he is a he is a good blocker, but I don't know if he's that good of a blocker. Um, and guess what? That means we're in the lightning round, which means you get ten seconds to select the next two rounds. So, Colin, you're on the clock right now. We're going to go to me, then Will, then Colin, then me. And then, so I, and then we'll then we'll slow down for a second. So, do I have to do defense and offense then? Is that what I No, you do don't have here? to go both. You have to go one guy right now, then it's going to oh. go to me, then we're going to go – then the next two rounds are going to be 10 seconds each, and you're on the clock right now, starting now. Okay, I'm going – I'm going uh, – I'm violating all the rules. I'm saying Seth Roberts. Okay, all right. I like the, I like the veteran – uh, aspect here okay and the size um, i'm on defense and i'm gonna take steven weatherly steven weatherly okay will you're on offense uh running back mike davis yes mike davis is on the roster and is yeah gonna make gonna do something Go ahead. nobody you know, nobody's we can't talk about it we can't talk about it we're on we're at light it out <laughs> Nobody's stock has written more. Bravian Roy. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, the defensive tackle, it's just a numbers game at this point. It is. Oh, boy. Drink. He said it's a numbers game. Yep. Um, I am going to uh, – um, I am on offense, and I am going to select Greg Little because Greg Little is going to make the roster. Um, and, uh, oh, boy. Uh it might, might not be such a foregone conclusion in 2021, but for 2020, he is making the roster. Will, you got 10 more seconds. I'm loving this speed. We're going to go around one more time, and then we're going to slow down. All right, let's go Troy Pride. All right, Troy Pride. Troy Pride Jr. Troy Pride Jr., unless you want to take his dad. Uh, Colin, you're on offense. Yep, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with Alex Arma. Has not yet come up. Wow, where do you want to put him? Pro Bowler. I'm putting him all over the field. I'm putting him wherever he needs to be. I, I the tight end. He needs to play H back. I don't think fullback has it. Doesn't fullback's not gonna have a spot. He's gonna have to be one of these versatile guys. The fact is, Mike Davis is the only back that you consider somewhat bruising. So I think Arma gets a little bit of love there. Arma. Okay. I'm, do you think – well, I guess where should I write him down? Should I write him down in the tight end depth chart or in the running back depth chart? In the H-back. Okay, depth chart. all right, I'll put that right up here. H-back. Yeah. Who, is the, what, oh God, who was the old H-back that we had? Brockle? I, I believe oh, it was. Yeah. yeah, it sure was. It's Chris Manhart's last year. Um, I am going to go – we're on defense again. I'll go with Zach Kerr, who I have been is, an, is another guy who I've been uh, pleasantly surprised by. And again, if you're a half full kind of guy, you're thinking Zach Kerr has looked really good. And if you're a half empty kind of guy, that means the offensive line, interior offensive line, has not looked great. <laughs> um, so far, right now, we're going to do a quick rundown. 
I'm going to go ahead and we've got the – I'm going to give you guys the starting lineup and who we've got as the backups, and then, and then we'll move on. Starting on offense for the Carolina Panthers, you've got DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, the three wide receiver set, Taylor Moten, Matt Paradis, Dennis Daly, and Russell Okum with John Miller at guard. You've got Ian Thomas at tight end, Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, run CMC. And at backup thus far, we've got Alex Arma back uh, at H-back, um, Antonio Gates, which is a great joke that I came up with, Chris Manhurts, Greg Little, and Mike Davis are backups, and Seth Roberts. On the defensive side of the ball, we've got on the defensive line, YGM, KK Short, Derek Brown, and Brian Burns. On the corner, on the outside, Eli Apple and Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, Justin Burris, and uh, Trey Boston rounding out that secondary to hear Whitehead, Shaq Thompson as your linebackers. As backups right now, we've got Stephen Weatherly, Bravion Roy, Zach Kerr, and Troy Pride. And we are on offense? 32. I lost myself. I lost yep. myself. Are we on offense now? Yes. Okay. Offense selection number 32. Who's picking? Me? I, I, I just said a bunch of names, so I forgot I, who was I think it's, it's actually Will, because you picked – you went with Zach Kerr. So it's, I did. It's Will. Yeah. Will, you're on offense. The muted Will Bryan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to go with Pharaoh Cooper. Ooh, I love it. Wide receiver, do you, is you're going you gonna to slot him in at the return spot too? I, I, think, I think that you have to put him at wide receiver. He's okay. going to play returner, but he's, he's in the wide receiver group. So put him there. All right. Um. Yeah, should be said, by the way, Farrell Cooper was, like, working out with, with Will Greer and DJ Moore since March, I think. They all three live in, in Charlotte, so they have been all working together. So um, he, he has been working on that Joe Brady playbook uh, a lot and has looked good in camp. So, um, but was not a Panthers fan growing up. No, he was not. Sorry, Sorry everyone. Sorry. Who do you got, Colin? Defense. On the Panthers' website, they list only two players as linebacker slash defensive end, Brian Burns and Marquise Haynes. I'll take Marquise Haynes. Wow, Marquise Haynes. Okay, all right. If it's a position, you've got to have a backup. So if we got one in Burns, we got to have we got to have two. Colin, I'm sorry to tell you this. I actually took that off this morning. So wow. Ah. Uh, oh! uh, how are they? Okay. How are they listed now? Defensive they're weapons. Now, they're no one cares defense. how they're listed now, Will. No one, no one gives a damn because their their podcast prep is ruined. You're, I, I completely screwed you over by changing my roster. Will, could this be a situation where how, like, how much could we, would we have to pay you to just change everybody on defense to DW for defensive weapon? Because <laughs> you have that power, you can get into that app and just like, just defensive weapon all the way down. Like, wouldn't don't you think Phil Snow would kind of like that? I would – I can only do it one at a time. So, I feel like by the time I got to the wow. end, there would be enough people that – and, like, it could definitely be fun at, like, one in the morning to, like, you go screenshot it and you're like, oh, look at this website. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's if I'd fun. make it – I don't know if I'd make it at 8 a.m. I'm not that ballsy. How about if uh, if they stop – what they – so, like, if they roll out um, Derek Brown at fullback or at H-back, if you will – then you change him on the roster. That's that's the move right there. There you go. I, you... I would I would put ATH athlete. Yeah. Love it. That's fun. 
Um, I am on. Am I on offense or defense? You're on I, offense. Uh, you know, you picked uh, I'm on offense because Haynes think, was so, last. Here's the thing: is it actually is not like it's it's. I think there are a couple more easy ones. I'm going to take Michael Schofield as a backup uh, guard slash tackle. Sco Schofield. Um, but I do think we're kind of running out of easy answers here. And uh, also, I think a lot of people might be shocked that Marquis Haynes came off the board in the early 30s. Well, um, I also – yeah, I also think that at some point we're going to have – I have more defensive players than offense. So there could be some back-to-back defenders at some point here. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to go with one that I had earlier that it's kind of been skipped over, F.A. Obata. Okay. All right. So you don't think that Obata is on the um, on the bubble at all? I don't think he's on the bubble. Yeah, um, I will tell. I, I don't think so either. But I will say, when I was putting together my fifty three yesterday, um, his name was like, oh, like it was kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, uh, uh, like he he's easy to leave off if you need an an extra offensive lineman. I don't think they're going to. Um, uh, cause I think they like the fact he can play inside and outside, but, um, yeah. Uh, Colin, who do you got? Got to have a backup quarterback, PJ Walker over Will Greer for me. Wow. 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 There it is. There it is. First wow. big decision. Wow. Wow. I well, PJ Walker may be a quarterback in the NFL. So that's why I'm putting him out of Will Greer. Guess what? I'm taking Will Greer. Boom. Now, do you think they will actually have three quarterbacks? I don't think they have three quarterbacks. Oh, I think they definitely do. John Joss is going with it. Yep. I think they. I think they have to have okay. three quarterbacks. And I wait have, a minute. Wait a minute. But don't we need the practice squad? Don't we need the COVID? Don't we need the? the I think the, you got to bring break? in a guy on the practice squad too. Um, I think that you. What is Will Greer going to do? You can't afford to have. You can't afford to have uh, Will Greer on the practice squad. And Teddy Bridgewater gets COVID-19 on Friday, and then somebody snaps Will Greer off the practice field. Like you, are you going to protect him every week? If you're going to protect him every week, then just put him on the active roster. I think they're going to have all three guys on the, on the active roster because I just don't think that you can go into – you can't go into a game with two guys – with one quarterback. So you need yeah. a backup. So if P.J. or Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt, then – one of those guys, then they, you need him on the active roster, and you can't have him. You can't have Will Greer or PJ Walker, but if you, in this case Will Greer can't have him get snapped off the active or on off the practice spot on Monday, and then you're bringing in a guy that's never played your system on Tuesday, and then on Thursday he's your backup quarterback. So, like, so in yeah. this in this scenario, both my quarterbacks have been knocked out. So I'm to my third string quarterback. No, in this scenario, you're, you, you're losing one quarterback and your right. third-string quarterback becomes your backup quarterback. But Right. right. Okay, well, let me tell you, if Will Greer gets into a game, you, what are you doing anyways? I, I mean, same thing you're doing with P.J. Walker, if you ask me. Okay, right. So why am I giving up a roster spot for that? Why am I giving up it, a roster spot for that? Like, because what – I would yeah, rather have him on the practice squad. No one's grabbing Will Greer to me. I, I don't know. Like if I make if I'm optimizing this 53 man roster and Tankins on the table and we're rebuilding and all that stuff, I'm not keeping three quarterbacks on this roster. Yeah, it, Josh, are there new protections? You just mentioned protections. Is that something you can protect a guy on your practice squad? Yeah, so you can protect up to four guys on your practice squad, but you have to make that known on Tuesday who you're protecting. 
um, and you have to do it every Tuesday. So from the yeah. Patriots, from the Patriots, everybody else is going to yeah. have a gentleman's agreement, but the Patriots are like, <laughs> screw that. But so. you can, well, they don't need a quarterback up there. I'm not sure if you heard um, Stidham is crushing it. Uh, they, they can protect this. So theoretically you could protect a guy in my mind. I think they do kind of view it as 57 guys on the roster. Um, okay. that's too confusing. Uh, and so, and you know what? I put Will Greer on the roster and it's happening. So we've got three quarterbacks on the active roster. So adjust your projections accordingly. Why would he not be one of your practice squad for? I like just on a week, there. on a week yeah. to week basis, what's he bringing you? Like yeah. I, he, you need him. Everything you said gets covered by him being in that front in that first four, and I get to have another offensive lineman. Yeah, but then again, why not just have? But in this case, it's like well, now we're just arguing semantics because it's no, like, no, we're not because the the Panthers have gone two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks at various points in time. Yeah, but not this, during this a. Is not, this is the conversations that you have when you're constructing a fifty-three man roster. I, I just to me, it's like to me, you have to have. Um, you have to have uh, three guys on the roster. That's, that's I, I put them at fifty-four to fifty-seven. I know it, it, now it's semantics. It's fine. Exactly. Will, you're up. I put them on. I put them on the roster, and guess what? I'm the one that's keeping the notes. So he made it. Damn it! You're, you're you're also the one that broke your own rule and went back to back offensive players. But you know, okay. Let me. Yeah, just that's right. Go over. I don't care. I'll the rules mean nothing to me at this point. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Adarius Taylor, formerly Glanton, changed his name. But yet, Matt Wolf still calls him AG. Still calls him AG. Yeah, because um, AG is a better nickname than AT. It's true. Um, if he was starting next to T. Here Whitehead, you could call them AT and T. Um, I think that that's – you didn't have to laugh at that. Um, I'm probably going to cut it. I, uh, Darius Taylor is somebody that I think a lot of people are not paying attention to, but I think may play, may have more of a, an impact on this defense than, than a lot of people think. I think, I, I think, I, I feel like I read something today that he was like on the rock, like a guy that could sneak onto the roster. He's not sneaking onto the roster. Like he's on the roster. He's firmly on the roster, probably more so than Will Greer or PJ Walker. So um, he is not a guy that will be on the protective practice squad. He will be on the roster. Colin, who do you got? Mm, so now I gotta go offense. Have we? Oh, you don't. You don't have to do anything because oh, Josh right. has already broken. You gotta do offense. Pick Back whoever to... you want. So we did the speed round. That that got Chase Blackburn. Um, all right. <laughs> so, I'm gonna say Tyler Larson. Uh, a yeah, second yeah. safety. A second center. Excuse me. Second center. Yeah. I thought there was a chance coming into camp that that uh, Sam Tecklenburg from Baylor could uh, could get the nut, could beat out Larson, but I I think Larson has won that spot. Um, uh, in camp, uh, I'm on defense, right? So I am going to take a uh, fifth round pick, Kenny Robinson. Kenny Robinson is going to make the roster. I'm going to put him right here behind Justin Burris, although I think he may actually be behind Trey Boston. But um, yeah, he's a safety. And uh, I have been very impressed with the first four picks of the draft for the Carolina Panthers. And that's all I'll say about Kenny Robinson. Back to me. We're on offense. Um, now, I think all of these – I've got four players left on offense on my draft board, mm-hmm. and I think all four of them are going to be highly debated and are maybe a questionable. So, here yeah. we go. 
I'm going to go with Reggie Bonifon. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, that's fine. We're going to put him on there because he's your pick. Uh, yeah, I picked him. You have to. I just did. I put him on there. I'm not arguing. Okay. But I will say that I'm not so sure he makes the roster. Unfortunately for Reggie, um, I think that the way uh, – it's a numbers game. So, I, I, made, I made the pick. It's my number. Yeah, no. You can, I, you can, you can make your own pick at this point. To me, it's, it's going to be tough for him to make the roster, uh, especially when you look at um, uh, what's about to come down the pike on some of these special – the way that they value special teams and the fact that there is another running back who may or may not get selected who play, who's like exclusively a special teamer. So, uh, and I and I know that you feel that we'll yeah. uh, we'll see we'll we'll see how we we're how we go on that it. guy. Okay, in, I, I thought we already had Farrow Cooper as a return will. man. Wait what? a minute, I I thought we already had Farrow Cooper on this roster as a return man. Now you're trying to smuggle another guy in here. You not already got special, Will Greer. A, you got Will Greer just re- just eating up a seat and eating up a, a meal on the team plane. Colin Jones was not a return man. He was still a special teams ace. That oh, so they, so they like fat. So rather than like the Rivera guys, they they all love linebacker gunners, right? Like those, they're like yeah. But these yeah. guys like DB gunners. They may I, that like that's or, the or thing speed gunners. Yeah, so that's what's yeah. so interesting when you get to these last ten guys is that when it was Ron Rivera, you knew okay they're going to keep one extra linebacker, they're going to keep one extra like. But with this mm-hmm. team, you don't know who those extra guys are, and. Personally, I think, unfortunately, from a numbers perspective, I think Reggie Bonifant is not going to be able to make the roster. But go ahead. I'm on, I'm on Team Bonifant here. For one, the guy that we're referring to by not name, Trenton, Trenton Cannon, is that yes. who we're going with here? That's, yeah. 180 pounds? I mean, I, we've, we've done the Demir Bur- – everybody's done that 180-pounder experiment. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. But I, He was just – Matt Rule called him out as, like, one of the best special teams specialists – in the league, and that was the reason they brought him in. And when you see him in practice, I mean, he's just doing a lot of special teams things, not doing a whole lot of offensive things. And um, and I wonder, he may also be another guy that falls into that fifty, the fifty-seven. You know, because so okay, Reggie Bonifant. Certainly fair, but like the running back position, you're talking about CMC and Mike Davis. If I gotta have, if I have to have Will Greer on this roster, I need a third running back that can tote a rock. Yeah. Because if one of those it's first two, Arma. it's yeah. not Arma. And if you're saying Bonifon's gone, and I got a, I got a 114 pound other guy that's really great on special teams. Oh, he just lost a lot of weight. He did. Well, it's because <laughs> I'm trying to win this argument right now. <laughs> what happens when you try to win an argument? Guys start getting smaller. You guys shrink. They get slower. Things happen. No, but King's in all thinner. seriousness, I think a third running back that's capable of carrying the ball in a in a game is more important because he's I mean, on the, the roster. He made it. No, I, but I'm just, no. I'm saying to me like this: this the special teams thing is is weird. I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because the return game is, in whole in the NFL has largely gone away. I don't disagree with you that it is going to be very interesting with how it plays out because I think that all of the like usually we I've said this uh, every year. Usually you go into camp and you can name fifty of the fifty three guys that are going to make the roster the first day of camp, like you don't need to, like there, there's going to be some movement. There are going to be injuries, whatever, but you know, especially with a returning coach with Ron Rivera, you knew who 50 of those 53 guys were. And you could probably take a pretty good guess at the last three this year. 
it was like I knew 40 of them. And that's a huge difference. Like there, I mean, the fact that we're arguing, what pick are we on, Colin? Uh, that's pick 40. Yeah, literally, mm-hmm. we're arguing there are 13 guys left, and we're arguing this strongly about Reggie Bonifant. And I also had some doubts about uh, um, Carly Larson. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, you just don't know. So that's why I think this is such an interesting exercise. Colin, give me, give me a defensive player. A defensive player that, that, that we're going to have on the show. They just added him. Um, so I like the veteran experience. It seems like they're trying to get a little older at the linebacker position. James Onwalu. Okay. All right. Uh, interesting thing about James Onwalu, while I was doing some research, they, he was going to start in Jacksonville before he got hurt. Now, obviously, it's very early in camp when he got hurt, but he was listed as their starting linebacker. Um, so uh, maybe he can do something. Um, maybe not. Uh, I am on offense now and i am going to take uh can i take somebody with a caveat i'm going to take keith kirkwood with the caveat that 24 hours after he makes the active roster they're going to put him on ir and then add somebody else because you have to make the active roster in order to be eligible to return and he is they want him to be able to return and the new covid rules mean that you don't have to you only have to keep them on ir for three weeks and he's still three weeks away so Keith Kirkwood is going to make the original 53 and he's going to make our 53 right now. I'm, pub- I'm putting him in right here. And then I'm going to put a little asterisk right next to his name. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's who's going to make it as the sixth wide receiver on this team. With the special COVID list, is there a week where you, is there a point where you only get to protect 53 or could, could Kirkwood be one, could, could he be 54 to 57 and end up, so way. it's interesting with the with the COVID list, and the, the, I'm I'm a little dicey on this. So I yeah no I mean I like I I'm almost I'm almost sure that the COVID list is more for media purposes than it is for football purposes. That it's like the difference between being on the COVID reserve list and the injured reserve list is not really that big of a difference from a transactional standpoint. It's that you're just you're on IR and then you can come off it within three weeks. Um, and when you're on the COVID list, it's the same, the same rules. So even though Keith Kirkwood has a broken clavicle, he's still eligible to come back within three weeks. Um, the same as if he had, uh, COVID-19. Gotcha. Will, you got more defensive guys, right? Yeah. you got lots of defense. I'm going to. Oh, you muted yourself. I thought you were on zoom all the time. What happened? Are you back? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. My uh, my AirPods died. Oh no! All right. Well, now we're on speaker. Sounds great. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna go with TJ Green. Mm, nice. Okay. Now we're just making people up. We're just we're just <laughs> making names up now. <laughs> Who is this guy? I'm I mean, gonna uh, I definitely Adam, add him too. <laughs> Adam Goldfarb. <laughs> uh, guy I went to middle school with uh, Colin. Who do you like? Got off, you're on offense. Well, um, I, Brandon Zilstra is a guy that I think is going to yeah. make this roster. I think he he was a guy that possibly could have been in competition with Kirkwood. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, just you have to do the roster game the correct way so that you know you don't end up sending the guy to the Patriots. But um, I do think particularly if Kirkwood's not there, Zilstra's in. 
I think he, I think they're going to keep, I think the seven wide receivers that we have come up with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, Pharaoh Cooper, Seth Roberts, Brandon Zilstra, and Keith Kirkwood are going to be the seven that are going to end up on the roster come Saturday evening. Um, that's my, that, that's, that's the seven that I think are going to be there um, for me. Oh boy. Now is when we get into it. Now I got to check my notes. Everything else I was just doing from memory. Um, so you just want to do you want to do the uh, let's do special teams and just bang out the last five, right? Because we're we're about there now. Yeah, five. yeah, we're doing the last five. Are we gonna? You want to do special teams now? I mean, the, just to fill up the roster spots. Sure, I'll take JJ Jansen. I'm up first on special teams. JJ Jansen, I've got him. JJ Jansen. How how much longer do you think he can play? Like, he, I mean, he could just play. I mean, right? You could just like what's what's to keep him from continuing to just throw a ball through his legs and not get touched? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And then to be able to run down the field and then tap a guy on his helmet after he made a tackle? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he clearly likes playing football. He definitely (laughs) likes being in the locker room. So, um, who do you got, Will? Now's the big the big question. I'm going to leave that one. Yeah, no, I'm going to go still on defense, maybe. Oh, okay. Miles Hartsfield. Wow, okay. So you did have Miles Hartsfield making the roster. Good for you. I, I, I've, the more you can do, the more you can do. This man's going to play special teams. He's going to be a backup defender, and he's going to be a backup running back. Uh. To me, Hartsfield screams the protected practice squad or just practice squad. Mm. Like, he is one of those guys that, like, nobody else knows because it's like, although I guess now we talked about how much he's been playing on both sides. But, like, I, yeah, it's he seems like a guy that could make it to the practice squad and nobody would really bat an eye. Um, yeah. right, so uh, Colin, we, you're up. Are, are we going to have a kicker and a punter? Are we going to have one? That's up to you, buddy. That's a, well, I mean, no, you, no, this you is can, a group exercise. If I'm you trying make, to understand. I don't want to look like a jack wagon because I'm saying that Joey Sly is going to make it because finally we got rid of Graham Gano, and then they're going to bring in somebody in the side door on me. Is this, is, is this a realistic option to have it? It sounds so clever, but it, it doesn't it – doesn't, we don't see teams do it because it's two different kicking motions, and this first time that dude goes out there to kick a field goal, he duck hooks someone at the end of the game, no one's going to want to do it anymore. I don't think so, but I do think that having a guy like that on the practice squad makes a ton of sense because then you have a guy that can do, then you don't have to have both. You have, you have both on your practice squad. So if you do need a kicker or a punter, there he is. And he's there at practice every day. He can, he's a, he's a guy that can give your guys some days off if they need them, whatever. So I, that would be, that would be where I think they do stash Vedvik. Although, um, Charlton has not looked like an NFL punter. Sorry, Joe, if you're listening. But man, oh, man. All right, well, then I'm taking Joey Sly. Somebody else can take the punter. (laughs) Joey Sly, swole kicker. No, the the kicker-punter thing sounds fun. And and like you said, it is a bullpen uh, catcher type situation. I Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to kind of reset it here. How many spots do we have left? Six. So we have six spots yeah. left. So we have, we have a punter left, and then we have five. 
basically five position, position players. Spots. So we have seven uh, wide receivers. We have three three running backs. We have two tight ends. You have one H back who kind of falls into both. Three quarterbacks. You have eight offensive linemen, which is not enough. You have uh, nine defensive linemen. You have four, five corners ish, depending on where you put Hartsfield. And then you have uh, four safeties and four linebackers. And I am going to take an offensive lineman here, and it is going to be Chris Reed. He does have um, COVID 19 now, or he, I don't know, he's on the list. They can't say whether he has it or if he's just been exposed, but. Um, he is, uh, whatever they need, you need, you need offensive linemen and they got to add another one. And so we, for me, it's Chris Reed. We do only have two quarterbacks. No one has, uh, selected Will Greer yet. Mm, I'm not sure if that is, maybe you were not paying attention. I know none of the listeners are by this point. I mean, come on. So no, John, thank you guys for sticking with us. We, uh, I, I actually think this is a pretty good exercise, pretty John. close to my roster. Go ahead. Take me through what does this mean with Chris Reed and the COVID nineteen list and the fifth like what does how does that work? So honestly, the, the I've i actually I tried to do a little bit of research on this today and it hit, hurt my head. Um, I don't know how it transitions into the um, I don't know how it transitions into the regular season. So I don't know whether he the day that he went on the COVID reserve list is how long he has to stay on it, whether he can come off it, whether he's asymptomatic. Um, so it's it's there there are just a lot of question marks for me. So I do not want to give you an answer. So I don't know. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, don't know I don't know either. So I, so I don't know whether yeah. it would like, are you asking me whether he has to actually make the, the 53 man roster? Cause I right. don't do you have to give a spot to him. And you know, how does that, I don't, I just don't know. Does he get to kind of like slide around the side of it by being on the COVID list and then you can slide him back in somewhere else. I, I don't know how this works. Yeah. I, I don't know I, either. I really hope if the NFL owners can collude to keep Colin Kaepernick out of the league, they can just collude to say, leave everybody's practice teams, practice squads alone this year. Just, let's just not have any of that nonsense going on. Just, just let teams try and survive here. Man, that would be so nice, but you know, it's not going to happen. Like if you, so if, if the Panthers, it's just like fantasy football, right? Like if, if Derek Carr gets uh, gets co- gets put on the COVID list on Thursday, and they only they have one quarterback on the practice squad, if I'm the Panthers, I'm snatching that guy. And then now you have one. <laughs> now you have one quarterback on your roster. Good luck. Oh man. Oh man. I like I'm. I, we got to do what you got to do. This is a this is a man's game, and uh, yeah, the man's game. All right. Take 49. Is that me? It's, it's yeah. going to be. Uh, yeah, because you picked yep. me. Um, I'm going to go with Julian Stanford. Okay. Wow. So Fine. you are leaving. So you are essentially leaving. Uh, Jermaine Carter. Jermaine Carter and Jordan Kunashik off the roster. I, 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 might, be putting, I might be putting yeah. too much in the. In, in who Phil Snow chooses to talk explicitly about. But he brought him up as having a good camp, as, as being a standout guy. I, I think that might speak something to him. That's fair. Um, personally, I would give that last linebacker spot to Jordan Kunashik, and I may have him over uh, Onwalu as well. Um, but I mean, I, I, I would have I picked, but, you know, since I don't, because Colin picked Onwalu, sure. 
I would have picked Stanford and Carter, but not a perfect, not a perfect system. Nope. I told um, you I, it's probably my Malik Monk. Very well could be. It's fine. You're absolutely right. I mean, I I would have put Corn Elder on the roster. I think instead of um, instead of Miles Hartsfield. But hey, here we are. Um, Pick number fifty. One guy we can all agree should be on the team. Colin Thompson. Gotta have a Colin on the roster. Gotta have a Colin. So you're gonna give that. You're gonna have three tight ends and a uh, and an H back. Okay. Yeah, because I'm not wasting a, another uh, a third quarterback spot. I've got an extra, <laughs> an extra <laughs> roster spot. And Colin can hit that uh, that sandwich pretty well too. <laughs> oh, that's why. That, so JJ Jansen's favorite new buddy is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am going to see, this is tough. Cause I have on my roster, I've got two linebackers that are not on here. You know what? I'm going to put how many offensive linemen do we have? We have two spots left, right? Do it. Do it. Do it. Josh, get the big guy. Two, four, six, eight, nine. I don't know. I can live with nine guys on my offensive line. I don't want to take the big guy. Okay. I'm going to take, you know what? I'm going to take uh, Corn Elder. I'm going to put Corn Elder on the roster um, because I don't think that Miles Hartsfield is a good enough defensive back, and I think that Corn uh, Elder is well. He he matches the theme of this secondary. Let's just let's just leave it at that. How many more spots do we have? Do we have two more spots? Have two more spots and a punter. Two and a punter. Oh boy. Okay. okay. Are you going to leave me to pick the punter? That'll be fine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, it's tough. Like, this now is when you, like, get down to it, right? Because you probably need another safety, honestly. Well, I guess Jeremy Chin is a safety. Yeah. Right now we have seven wide receivers, nine offensive linemen, three quarterbacks, three running backs, six six corners, uh, four safeties, Five linebackers and two, four, six, eight, nine uh, linebackers. So nine defensive linebackers. Okay. Excuse me. I'll, I'll, I'll I, go through. Go ahead. We have not. Will Greer's not taken. If we add Will Greer to this thing, I'm, I'm just saying he's not taken. I took PJ Walker. That's what caused the, the Will Greer conversation. No one ever selected Will Greer. Oh, okay. So you say we have two guys left without Will Greer? Yeah, you got you got three spots left, including a, one needs to be a punter. Well, got, you better you better you can't you submit better, the old lineup. You can't submit you better the old pick lineup. You a punter before me, dog, cuz I know who I'm picking with the 53rd <laughs> pick then. I'm just trying to let you know so that we don't end up with a 54 man roster. I'm just telling you, Joey Sly better work on them punting skills. All right, so I'm going to I'm just going to avoid all of this and just waste mine on Jermaine Carter. Wow. Okay. I'm going to avoid all of this Will Greer punter stuff. I mean, you're just going to push it on to, to Colin for making Pretty that. much, yeah. Yeah. All right, so then – well, I'm going to – if you said you said the, the new – the, the Chenandler bot or whatever his name is, the, the punter that's not – whose name I don't need to learn apparently. Joe um, Charlton? So, can I just go with punter to be named later? Oh, so you think they're going to pick up somebody else? So, you think they're going to cut Charlton? You're, if you're saying he doesn't look like an NFL punter – I, I mean, mean if, they don't, if he doesn't look like an NFL punter, then just keep Vedvik at that point. Like, yeah, that's what I would do. I don't know. 
Yeah, we could say new punter. You want me to write new punter down? I'll do that. Well, I like I liked your I liked your you know practice squad idea for for vet yeah, picks. Yeah, it's a so good I, it's a good one. Yeah. So I I but if if Chandler's yeah. not going to be somebody. I love it. I love you. You put Noah Chan, Chanandler Bong. Ms. Chanandler Bong. Um, that was for you. Let's be trans honest. Trans uh, And then with the 53rd pick in the draft, I will select William H. Greer. Uh, worst hair in camp and uh, best hair in our hearts. And we have created a 53-man roster. Now let's go 16 deep on the practice squad. What do you guys say? No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I do think it's a – I think it's pretty close position-wise, like numbers-wise. Um, I might have made some different decisions in terms of linebackers, and I think I would have taken Trenton Cannon over Reggie Bonifant. But I, for the most part, it's kind of the same – like, I don't, I don't have any quib- – if this is the 53, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Will? It would surprise me because I just picked a team that I have not gotten a chance to see yet. <laughs> so – it would surprise me a little bit if I didn't get one wrong. You saw some, you saw some pictures, and that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I went to NFL uh, Draft Scout and was uh, a yeah. So and checked out Jordan Onwalu. Is that his name? James Onwalu. Sorry, James, if you're listening, I apologize. Um, guys, we picked a 53. I am very proud of us. Will Bryan, where can people find you on the internet? If they would like to find you, Panthers Stats Guy on Twitter, Panthers okay. Stats Guy. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I'm I'm the guy now that's taken over Max's Jersey beat. So I'm your your source for Jersey news. Um, everyone has slid into my DMs to ask me about pants, which I think it's just a weird just a weird thing. But that was my week. Give us so a not- scoop on pants. They're gonna wear pants this year or not? They're gonna wear pants. I think they're going to wear some white pants. Hey, oh. That's going to make some people happy because I think the blue jerseys with the white pants are, are a very strong look. I, I don't know if we're going to see blue with the old grays like, like we used to. I don't think we'll see that much more. I would describe that look as clean. That's what the kids say. Also, how I would say describe it, cold. That's right. <laughs> okay, Phil Snow. Yeah, I'm learning my lingo. Learning my new young lingo. My new young lingo. Colin CLT, where can people find you? Exactly there on Twitter. What about uh, for Labor Day weekend? What are your plans? Mm-hmm. You know, everything in 2020 is just great plans. More more great plans here. Probably try and, you know, hang out with a four-year-old. And... I teed you up for sitting on the deck, dog. That's I know. Hard. Nikki's not here. It didn't feel right. <laughs> it's true. Wait, that, you know? Now, that sounds worse, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Can't. Can't talk about the deck when Nikki's not here. I get it. It's understandable. It's not. Doesn't uh, feel right. Uh, this is our fifty-three man roster. I am going to put it on the Twitter and in um, and in our uh, show notes, so you can check that out yourself. We want to hear from you. Where do you think that we went wrong? Tweet at Colin CLT. Why did you not want Will Greer on this roster? Tweet at Panther Stat Guy. Um, what was the? Did you say? Did you do anything controversial? Not really, right? I don't I mean, feel like Miles. Miles Hartsfield. Who is T.J. Green? If you want to ask, who is yeah, T.J. Who Green? Is, who is this T.J. Green fella? Yeah. If you want to tweet at Panther Stats guy, um, certainly Taylor Swift makes fun of him for that. Yeah. Uh, my name is Josh Klein. 
Uh, check out um, other stuff on the Riot Network. It is what it is. That's great. Quick flip. And TheRiotReport.com. iDad.com. Twitter. This is from One Day Contract. And Will Bryan, your One Day Contract is up. Oh.